Welcome to Getting Loud on the Cloud, a podcast for companies who are hosting their largest, most complex workloads on the cloud. Hello there. I'm Derek Swanson, the CTO of Silk Technologies, and welcome to the podcast, Getting Loud about the Cloud. Today, I'm going to talk about the retail vertical and some of the new advanced features and technologies that forward thinkers are starting to implement into their UIs and the advantages these offer to both the e-tailer and their clients. I'm also going to discuss a bit about what the architectural considerations and limitations are around these new technologies that people should be aware of in order to leverage them successfully. Now, we know the cloud has brought retailers the ability to provide great customer experiences with major upgrades in storefronts, shopping carts, targeted ads, massively improved fulfillment. These have all been enabled by improved analytics to adjust rapidly to buying trends. Uh, There's better database tools with AI and ML-powered real-time inventory management, and client front ends designed primarily to support better edge computing, you know, on people's phones and tablets for vastly improved real-time mobile experiences. However, even newer technologies are coming online now that require even heavier data flows, workload support, edge agility, load balancing, and even more powerful AI and ML-based analytics that has to happen in real or near real time. But enabling the mission-critical heavy data workloads that power these new features can be a major challenge in the cloud. So in this episode, we're going to look at some of these advances and how it is possible to move and run large, time-sensitive, complex workloads in the cloud while delivering the ultra-fast responsiveness that shoppers demand. In the online retailer space right now, we're seeing some really cool augmented reality and virtual reality tech being deployed at the edge. This tech, while long available on desktop clients, has not been as widely used there, perhaps due to the lack of simplicity in providing quick and easy feedback into the client interface. Now, smartphones, on the other hand, with easy-to-use integrated cameras, integrated microphones, and of course, total mobility, are the perfect clients to leverage AR, VR tech. Companies like House. IKEA, Warby Parker, Wayfair are a few examples of companies with mobile clients that let you see how your furniture or your glasses look in your house or on your face. Now, this seems like a no-brainer now, but in 2021, while two-thirds of customers surveyed said they wanted a VR experience to help them in their buying process, only one-third of online retailers were actually trying to use the tech. So there's a pretty big gap there in what customers want and what's actually being provided. Now, of course, Increased personalization helps us accurately make suggestions for repeat customers to keep them coming back for more. The more we understand about the customer, the stickier or the better an experience we can create through more bespoke offerings. Now, PricewaterhouseCooper recently published some research called, quote, Experiences Everything. And there's a few key things I want to share from that research. So PwC found in this research that 42% of consumers stated they would pay more for a friendly, welcoming customer experience. So this kind of indicates to me that we're not really delivering great experiences today with our storefronts, with the mobile apps or the UI that we're using. 42% of customers stated they basically want a better customer experience and they would even pay more money for that. Now, obviously, these are all the design objectives, but we're not hitting the mark. There's clearly major room for improvement here that people said they would pay more money to to get. The next thing consumers said in the report was that 52% of them would pay more for a faster and more efficient experience. So user experiences across desktop, tablet, and mobile surfaces are still too disparate, too unpredictable for most users today. 
especially when it comes to you know purchasing experiences across brick and mortar to online. We need to unify the experiences with a seamless, fast experience that is consistent across all of these services, browsers, apps, operating environments, et cetera, et cetera. We need to make significant investments here as an industry to deliver better, more reliable experiences. And the last major point in the research that was made was that 63% of customers would share more information with a company that offers a great experience. So this is one of the biggest revelations to me. In our current time of major privacy concerns, price-sensitive shopping, etc., the ease of engaging in transactional rather than relationship purchasing, where comparison shopping is the easiest it has ever been, The vast majority of people, says here 63%, are demanding more personalized experiences and are willing to give the companies more information to get those personalized experiences, but only if they perceive real value from the product. So to elaborate on this, customers said they were more likely to try additional services or products from brands that provide superior customer experience. So while 43% of U.S. customers said they would not give companies permission to collect their personal data, such as location, age, lifestyle, preferences, purchase history, etc., to allow for these more personalized and customized experiences, 63% said they would be more open to sharing their data for a product or service they say they truly valued. Beyond this, the price premium companies are getting for great experiences, especially for luxury items, is 15% or more. And these are highly significant returns. So this is, it seems like a paradox, right? It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Retailers need more personal data to create bespoke experiences, but they can only get this by gaining the trust of their customers by delivering a fantastic product to start with. So this is the challenge. The more valuable the product or service you provide, the greater trust you generate, which will then allow you to capture more of the specific data you need to create better experiences. So it's a challenge to be sure, but leveraging new features like augmented reality or virtual reality is definitely one way to create these great, these baseline great experiences that create trust and will allow consumers to be more comfortable with sharing more personal information that allow you to drive then these better experiences through a bespoke delivery in accordance with what the customers really want. So let's look at another one. AI-driven inventory management makes it easier for customers to find the product they want in the store that has it right now. Or it allows retailers to better manage warehouses and control where products are shipping from for more efficient delivery. This also improves what items need to be reordered so that popular items aren't showing sold out when they could be available. Forecasting, planning, control, stock management, and delivery are all in offerings from AWS, GCP, IBM, and third-party providers like Pluto7, Retalon, among others today. Now, why are these somewhat mundane tasks so important for retailers today? Well, the number one reason for cart abandonment currently both for desktop and mobile, is because of extra costs. So just as a metric, so you know, the average for cart abandonment across all industries is 69.6%, so almost 70%. It's pretty high. Well, the average for mobile user cart abandonment is a shocking 85.7%. It's a real problem that costs e-commerce brands over $18 billion a year in uncaptured revenue. 
Now, these extra costs come in the form of shipping or lack of availability from the properly priced storefront. In other words, the consumer found what they wanted at Store X, but it's out of stock there in their size, color, style, etc. And even though Store Y has it, it's more expensive there for whatever reason, base price, shipping cost, tax rates, or other random fees. So they decide to simply not buy it because of the emotional pain of paying a higher price for something they don't absolutely need right now. People will go without rather than feel like they're getting ripped off by having to pay a higher price somewhere else. It causes psychic pain, which we would all rather avoid. Remember, these are luxury items, things you don't necessarily need right now. It's not a staple, you know. So sometimes people will then start searching around for discount codes to try and make up the cost delta. Well, almost 50% of people will then abandon the cart when the codes don't work. So having items in stock at the right price with low cost, no cost, effectively no cost shipping options are the most important elements to cart fulfillment. These things are absolutely improved through AI ML driven inventory and supply chain management solutions. And definitely you want to go with the no cost shipping as opposed to the low cost shipping. Many, many studies have shown that the the price you pay for shipping is less relevant than paying any shipping costs at all. That is to say, if you want to charge $10 or $5 or $1 for shipping, people still view that as an extra cost and they don't like it. Whereas if you charge a higher price for the product, but then charge no shipping, people are much more likely to buy the product because they get the shipping for free. It's this concept of, you know, the value of free for some people is is irrationally high and they're willing to pay more for a product if they think they can get something free to go along with it. Whereas having to pay any extra costs for shipping, they really, really don't like that. Uh, That's number one reason for cart abandonment is these extra costs. So speaking of abandoned carts, continuing with our topic here, there are other reasons as well for abandoned carts. And these go directly to the overall experience, regardless of what kind of platform, service, or product you're delivering. So the next big reason then shoppers leave sites and abandon carts outside of cost is a lack of speed and efficiency. So check this number out. 57% of shoppers will leave and abandon if they have to wait three seconds or more for a page to load. Whew. So three seconds, you get three seconds for your page to load or they're clicking away, Xing out, they're leaving, they're looking at something else. Now, me personally, I've been working in high-speed networking for internet and more lately cloud-based solutions since the 90s, actually for 30 years now. And I've seen this number start for page loads on the internet at around eight seconds or so, as in people will give your site eight seconds to load before they exit and look elsewhere. Then that number dropped to about five seconds about 10 years ago, and now we're at three seconds. Now, perhaps this is a function of social media where everyone can get something new on their screen just by scrolling left, right, up, down, etc., nonstop, right? The endless scroll. So you can just keep scrolling eternally and always see something new every you know split second or second or so. So people have a very short attention span now. Whatever it is, whatever the reason for this three-second number is, retailers need to understand the truth. The truth is that in today's environment, slow is the new down. And if your pages or your card are loading slowly, people are going to abandon and look elsewhere. Shoppers are more impatient, more easily frustrated by what they perceive as a poor experience due to slowness or lack of efficiency, and they are increasingly unwilling to live with delays. In fact, in a lot of cases, it might be better if your site was just completely down rather than just slow. Because not only do 57% of shoppers leave after three seconds, but over 80% of those never come back. In other words, if the site is down, they don't suffer a bad experience. This is just down. They might give you a pass because perhaps 
in their mind, the internet was broken or something was just wrong. It wasn't necessarily your fault. They'll try later. But if they connect to your site and then suffer slow site performance, they're most likely going to leave and never come back because that is your fault. There's a perception that your site is inferior, it isn't well-built, it isn't using a good platform, et cetera, et cetera. You're just not serious about this whole e-commerce thing. It's kind of the equivalent of being in a low-rent, shady, cheap part of town that nobody wants to go shop at as opposed to, you know, being on a high-speed, high-class site that's really fast and efficient. That's like being on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. Well, everyone wants to shop there if they could. They don't want to, you know, shop in the ghetto, so to speak. So people will avoid your deadly slow site at all costs. Now, that perception of slowness is a killer, no matter how how great everything else in your storefront might be. VRAR, your whole design layout, it's beautiful, it's amazing, etc. Well, customers won't ever get to experience all that goodness because your page loads were too slow. So it's just unacceptable. You cannot be slow. Additional research shows that 32% of customers globally will walk away or abandon a site after a single bad experience. A third will just never come back. In the U.S., 60%, almost 60% of consumers will stop interacting with a brand they love after several bad experiences. So consider this, even for brands that they really, really like, they say they love these brands, 60% of consumers will stop interacting with the site after you get two or three bad experiences. So these are serious issues. Even if your customer loves your products, if their online user experience is bad, after a couple of tries, the majority of people will not interact with your site again. So the truth here is bad experiences drive customers away quickly and often permanently. So here's the catch on these two primary points. First, you need to implement and deploy these new advanced technologies that we talked about in order to capture both more customers and more revenue from those customers in a repeat fashion by delivering higher user experiences, more bespoke experiences, better user experience. So you have to deploy advanced technologies to deliver the higher experience. But secondly, you cannot degrade your site speed or efficiency in the process of delivering these fabulous new features because your prospects will abandon you and go elsewhere. And most of them, research has shown, will do it permanently, which is crazy, but it happens. So how do you take advantage of new technologies while also ensuring that you're getting the fastest speeds possible? Let's break this down into two parts. First, to take advantage of new technologies, you absolutely need to move to the cloud, which enables you to connect your site and customer data to these new applications, these new platforms that power these new technologies. Beyond this, the public cloud also gives you enormous agility and flexibility to deal with the challenges of scaling up or down to meet spiky demands, such as Black Friday or periodic sales or promotional campaigns that you run. Only the cloud provides this kind of agility that and elasticity that traditional on-prem data centers have never been able to deliver, with added benefits of exceptional operational cost efficiencies. Second, what about getting fast performance? So this is a little bit more of a problem. So piling on services into basic cloud-native architectures using either infrastructure as a service or platform as a service technologies isn't a great idea because cloud providers have hard fixed limits on how much performance you can achieve, how much is actually available to you is capped. The cloud is really great at scaling horizontally, but not scaling vertically. Now, the difference between horizontal and vertical scaling is kind of a complex topic, to be fair, 
but I'm going to try and describe it in a simple fashion quickly here. So most every traditional or legacy application and database that people have been running for decades wants to scale vertically. These are like the main databases people use for transactional and analytics workloads that dominate the retail space. Workloads you might have heard of, such as Oracle or Microsoft SQL. Moving these systems to the cloud requires you pay very, very close attention to a couple of design considerations in order to get or to maintain that ultra-fast performance that your e-commerce sites must have. It's probable that data-intensive workflows will require performance levels that are not attainable on the cloud using simple cloud-native resources. And you will need to augment your environment with a high-speed cloud data platform to drive the performance you need. Beyond that, in cases where you need to move your workload from on-prem to the cloud, because these workloads are so large and so complex, they probably cannot just be simply lifted and shifted into a cloud infrastructure as a service platform. The cloud vendor will then helpfully suggest to you that in order to operate fully on the cloud, these mission-critical workloads need to be refactored, that is, completely rewritten to a new cloud-native operating environment that scales horizontally. And what that means is we just kind of spread the workload out across multiple servers, kind of in a flat, horizontal fashion. So we just leverage more and more components horizontally to get the performance at scale that we need. That's what the cloud wants to do. The cloud likes to scale horizontally. It doesn't scale vertically very well. But here's the catch. Refactoring to this new horizontal performance scaling paradigm is time-consuming, costly, and risky, as in it might take literally years to rewrite your application stack to the new cloud-native API. It might cost an enormous amount of capital. And of course, the risk that the project might fail is really quite high. You know, there's endless books and articles out there talking about, you know, failed cloud migration refactor projects and, you know, why it failed and things like that. I mean, it's difficult to do. It's not super easy. There's no guarantee that when you embark on a, on a refactor project, it's actually going to work out the way you hoped in the timetable or in the cost you know, model that you expected. So what are you to do? Either you take advantage of all these new technologies to stay competitive and then lose customers with full virtual shopping carts due to performance problems. Bear in mind that there's a really high risk. You know, if you do go to refactor this, the whole project can fail when you go to refactor to the cloud anyway for myriad reasons. Or you stay old school with no new technology, but you keep your fast performance and hope that, you know, the new cool kids stick around, which is an increasingly unlikely proposition given the warp speed at which mobile and edge technologies are advancing on all fronts, not just shopping, but gaming, social media, messaging, virtual worlds, etc., etc. So evolve or die is the most likely outcome here. You need to adopt these new technologies. You need to adopt the cloud, but you need to do it in a way that delivers the kind of fast efficient, bespoke customer experience that users are demanding today. So you can't stay on-prem, you can't stay with the old stuff, but you need to make sure that the architecture, how you design your new environment, delivers the things that customers really want. So I'm going to give you a data point supporting all of these arguments here. So PricewaterhouseCooper researchers also found in some of their research that for American consumers, 80%, 80% listed speed and efficiency as their most important elements of a positive customer experience. So we talked about cart abandonment. Number one reason for that was because of extra costs. Now we're talking about what makes a positive customer experience. For American consumers, 80% said speed and efficiency. So yes, Consumers do want elegance in their sites. They want automation. They want cutting edge technology. They want designs that are cool. 
You have to have, they want wow factor, but none of that matters if the experience is slower and efficient. Customer experience must be the main strategy first and foremost, and that starts and ends with speed and efficiency of execution. Your site must flow. It must be easy to use. Everything must load quickly. Carts, checkout, everything's got to go bang, bang, bang. When they click that button, it has to immediately pop for them and deliver what they want. So this is where Silk steps in to provide another option that enables the best of both worlds that we just talked about, and with a simple solution that elegantly enables you to move both your existing environments into the cloud and to radically extend the capabilities of that environment with new performance-intensive client experience elements without having to refactor, rewrite, or change your long-developed and valuable core database and data workflows. Here's what we do at Silk. We provide a powerful yet simple cloud data platform that sits virtually and invisibly between the public cloud infrastructure and your performance workloads to give you ultimate agility, reliability, resilience, and the super fast speed you need as fast or faster than existing on-prem solutions for your largest, most complex mission-critical workloads. With Silk, you can easily lift and shift to the cloud and then evolve and iterate new features on the cloud to start taking advantage of all that the cloud has to offer today while working to further modernize your platform behind the scenes in a reasonable and low-risk pace. So there's no need to take huge upfront risks in migration or refactoring. With Silk, we de-risk the move of existing platforms while capturing most of the great cloud benefits upfront. Okay, now I'm gonna give you some examples of what Silk can empower, real world examples. So let's look at how one big e-tail customer did it. They're an online furniture retailer with over 10 billion in annual revenue. They needed to meet a company mandate to move out of their physical data centers and into the cloud while still getting the fast performance their hundreds of big Microsoft SQL database hosts needed. These hosts have been running on multi-million dollar proprietary hardware on premises for years and years, but uh, they didn't have time to refactor which by their own estimate would have taken 18 months or longer, but they understood that refactoring was their best chance to get the fast performance they required. And that is, of course, assuming that the refactor projects would have turned out to be a 100% success. Unlikely, but let's assume they would have gotten that. It still would have taken them a year and a half. By deploying the Silk platform into their public cloud infrastructure as a service environment, this retailer saw massive performance gains compared to cloud native alone. So I'm going to list the improvements and what they meant. First, for the transactional workflows on their customer-facing websites, they now get speeds that are up to 10 times faster on the cloud than they were getting with their multi-million dollar on-prem solutions. So on-prem, they're getting three milliseconds of latency compared to 0.3 milliseconds now, which is an order of magnitude improvements, 10 times faster. This results in faster site, page, and cart load times across the board for the entire site. Every page, every element, every picture, every feature, AR, VR, etc. everything they're doing is loading 10 times faster. What about speeds compared to the considered cloud-native solution? Well, speeds with cloud-native were about 9 to 10 milliseconds, on average spiking up to 40 milliseconds or more compared to the 0.3 milliseconds now. So enormous differences. With Silk, we were achieving a 97% reduction in latency across the entire site, making Silk an easy choice. It was really a no-brainer compared to cloud-native. 
Another example here, what about pushing very large data volumes for their big analytics workflows around reporting, shipping, inventory management, things like that? Well, Silk is able to provide almost 8 gigabytes of throughput per instance, which is about 6 gigabytes per second more throughput than cloud native could provide. It's a huge improvement compared to cloud native. This allowed them to consolidate multiple SQL hosts onto a single Silk platform while still driving maximum throughput to support their analytics and reporting requirements. Even compared to their on-prem solution, the Silk solution was even a bit better there as well. The on-prem was delivering six gigabytes per second. Silk was delivering eight. So Silk delivered, you know, a 300% increase compared to cloud native and a 33% increase compared to on-prem. So it was better in both cases, vastly better than the cloud native solution. Now, lastly, Silk also provides something called rich enterprise data services, which enables additional functionality around data mobility, data sharing, uh, enables agile DevOps functions, uh, gives great cost efficiencies through data reduction technologies. There's a whole bunch of additional benefits that come with this you know, really powerful and intelligent platform. By leveraging Silk's native data reduction and pointer-based instant snapshots, they were able to achieve an average of 66% reduction in capacity usage. And the systems that were using snapshots are achieving up to a 96% reduction in used capacity. So it's huge reductions across the board compared to what they were getting. This translates directly to lower costs and greater efficiency to go along with the instantaneous agility and huge, huge decreases in their development iteration time. So they can develop and iterate much faster at a much lower cost with much greater agility for their data sets. They can move them around instantly wherever they want. Very, very large data sets that cloud native simply cannot do. It does not have the capability to do that. So from this powerful real-world use case, we can see that Silk delivers the high speed and sheer throughput today's e-commerce sites need to support the advanced feature functions today's clients demand, helping reduce site and cart abandonment and enabling more bespoke solutions that deliver the higher user experiences the successful modern e-tailer requires. So with Silk, moving your mission-critical retail services to the cloud is possible today even for the workloads you might think are simply untouchable and can't be moved because they're just too big or too hairy, Silk can actually move them. All right, so that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening in. As always, I'm Derek Swanson, CTO of Silk Technologies, and I'll see you next time on Getting Loud About the Cloud. Bye now. Getting Loud on the Cloud is sponsored by Silk, the database supercharger on the cloud. Want to get the fast performance your databases need on the cloud? The Silk Cloud Platform can help. Learn more at silk.us. Thanks for listening.